Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. I want to talk to you today about the power of the church. And I want to start by saying that I don't think we have a full understanding of the church, and I say that graciously because a lot of times our our understanding of church is so surface that the devil has a, a foothold, a leverage point that he can work on us because we don't understand just how powerful the church is. Our understanding, you know, the Bible says, for lack of knowledge, my people perish. And we have to understand the potency, the crucial nature of the gathering of God's people. You know, it's like salvation. A lot of times people think salvation is such an awesome thing. Christianity is something, it's an awesome thing that's added into my life. But we lack understanding of what salvation is. It is not something that is added into your life. Salvation is that your life ends. You die with Christ on the cross, and you are raised to a brand new life. The old you is gone. Gone. The old you, the way you used to think, the way you used to act, the way you used to respond, all that stuff, all that junk. You're saying, but pastor, I still feel, yeah, but you know what? You're so much stronger. You're such a different person now. That stuff is just in the trail. That's just in the carnage left behind. You're you're getting away from that now. Do you understand what salvation is? That Christ comes in now. He lives through you. It's no longer you, but it is Christ living through you. The old you is gone, dead, buried, forgotten, forgiven. The new you is raised to new life. And so the Bible says all things become new. You are a new creature, a new creation. The fact that the devil can still bring up the old stuff shows us that we don't really understand what salvation is. You can't bring that up. That's the old me. I am born brand new, and Christ now lives through me. Amen? And whatever things that still try to to mess with me, you know, my anger or my proclivities or whatever, God's dealing with that. God's dealing with that. That's the old. God's dealing with that. I'm not going to let that thing gain a foothold in my new life. So I pray that as your thinking changes, because as you understand what salvation really is, and it's, it's salvation in every aspect of your life, because it is a full and complete God takeover of every aspect of your life. It's a God takeover of your heart. It's a God takeover of your mind. It's a God takeover of your thoughts. It is a God takeover of your future. It is a God takeover of how you see the past, the present, and where you're going. It's a God takeover of your destiny. All things are new. That's salvation. And we don't understand that, but we have to push into it so that God show me now. And as we understand that, we feel free. We feel confident. We feel happy. No weapon formed against me can possibly prosper. That's the old. And it's the same way with church. 
if we have a surface understanding of what the gathering of God's people is all about, we think it's a good Sunday thing. We think it's a good social thing. We think it's a good singing thing. But I want you to know, it's not that at all. Even though those things are good and we do that, it is the, it is the, it is the interaction be, between a mighty God and his children. That's what church is. It's God's provision. It's God's provision to the human race. And so the Bible talks about the, the city of God, the house of God, the living God. It talks about the place of God. It talks about the kingdom of God. The gathering of God's people come together into this place of God with the king of the kingdom. And so we run into the church. We get saved. The old passes away, and then we run into the kingdom of God under the king. And something awesome happens when we gather together in the house of the Lord, in the church. And I want you to know, uh, what we do is very biblical. When we gather together and we greet one another, it's very biblical. When we, when we sing songs and, and, and hit the drums and the cymbals, it's all in the Bible. Very biblical. Very necessary. And, and, and something spiritual happens. When the word is spoken over us, we don't maybe understand all of the things that are happening in the spirit realm, but I want you to know something very powerful happens in the spirit realm when the word of God, when the man of God, when the prophetic word is spoken over you, Something very powerful happens, and here you are just sitting there. That's why I would encourage you, don't be texting right now. God wants to work on your brain. Amen? He wants to work on your heart. So plug in. So the church is God's provision for the human race. I want to read this verse to you. It's out of Hebrews. And the writer of the Hebrews to the Hebrews is talking about contrast between the Old Testament and when we look into the Old Testament we can see the image of what the New Testament looks like in reality it's so powerful when we look into the Old Testament we see the priesthood of the believers we see the the, the prophetic minstrel we see all that's going on in the Old Testament it is the, it is the picture of the reality of the New Testament but Paul I believe wrote Hebrews is trying to tell the Hebrew people that you have not come, I'm reading out of Hebrews 12, verse 18, you've not come to a physical mountain that can be touched, that is burning with fire. Listen to how, again, the symbol of what the church is. A mountain that is burning with fire. You know why? Because the glory of God was resting on it, and the mountain's like, I can't take it. The Bible says when Moses came down from the mountain after being with the Lord, his face shined so bright, the people said, you have to cover it because they didn't have sunglasses. You have to cover your face because the glory of God is reflecting through you so powerfully. But I want you to know, when you leave here today, you are going to have the glory of God on your face because you've been with the very same one that Moses was with. Can you say amen? And the Bible's telling us that. You, you've not come to a physical mountain that can be touched that's burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm. To a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them. 
because they couldn't bear what was commanded. Even if an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. It's just too holy a place. You are in a holy place today. You are in a holy place today. This field is holy. Because God's here. And God's people are here. Even if an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. The sight was so terrifying that Moses even said, I'm trembling with fear. You've not come to this, but you've come to Mount Zion. Something more powerful to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. Turn and tell your neighbor, it's the city. I'm here in the city of the living God. I'm here in the city with the living God. You've come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. Do you know why the church is so powerful in every city? Because it's not just God's people, but it's thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly that are here with us. I believe our church has an impact in the Northeast. I believe it has an impact in New England. I believe it has an impact in Rhode Island and in Massachusetts. And we are here because we are gathered together under God's covering in the mighty tower of the Lord with thousands upon thousands of joyful angels assembling with us to declare God is the ruler over New England. The Lord is the mighty one over New England. There are all kinds of principalities and powers, but none more mighty than the Lord. And the people of God lifted that up this morning and sang it out into the heavens that the, the power of God is greater than every other power. And I want you to know, it makes a difference. It matters. What we're, what we're involved in is not something little. It's not something surface. It's not something social. It's not something just that I, I, I try to do every once a week or so. It is something very powerful that God has given the human race. And he says, meet me there and I will come into your midst and let my power come on you. I thank God that there are pillars of God's fire throughout the cities in America and throughout the world. Sometimes I pray, God, let the church rise up in that city and be mighty, not put down, not knocked down, not sat down, not locked out. Let it rise up and be mighty. Can I tell you something? And this just might be me thinking we're great. <laughs> but I think that if we couldn't meet in our church, we would buy a field. <laughs> you know? Whatever it takes. Go buy a field. You know, it's like the guy that knew that there was a pearl in that field. The Bible says he went and sold all that he had and bought the whole field. Buy the whole field if you have to. Mortgage the church. Go buy a field, but don't just sit down. It's too powerful. It's too crucial. Especially now. We've come to the city of the living God. Thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn. I could bring you to a hundred scriptures like this, 
because the Bible wants us to understand the depth and the power of the church of the living God. He doesn't want us to have a surface understanding of it. He wants us to understand that what we're doing is very spiritual, very powerful, very necessary, very necessary for the rest of humanity. People might not know who the king is, but there is a people that do, and we're interceding for them that they might know, especially when you walk out of here and your face is gleaming. Amen? Husbands and wives, don't fight on the way home. You're going to lose it. You'll lose it. But listen, quickly, because I don't have a clock here, but I'm just going to go by how many people faint under the heat. When we get to about 11 or so, we're going to quit. But there's two things that happen when we gather together. And, and these are pretty basic, but you, un, you have to understand so much goes on. So much happens. But two things. Number one, something ascends from us. Our prayer and our praise ascends to the Lord. It's what we say. It's what God gives us to say. It's what God through the Holy Spirit prompts us to say. And it's very spiritual. That's why you can't check out and worship because it's a very prophetic thing. Do you know... People can come and sit in the midst of a church and not actually have gone to church because they didn't engage with their faith and they didn't let anything prophetic happen. Something has to ascend out of us to the Lord. Prayer and praise. And then something descends from God. Healing and power. You know, uh, it's not really ascend because he's here in our midst. But we talk about the spirit realm or the supernatural realm as though it's up. And we talk about the earthly realm as though it's down. And, and, and in reality, the earthly realm is here and the heavenly realm is here. But you just got to need to know, you, you need to know how to tap into the heavenly realm. Prayer and praise. Praise is a weapon of war. Do you have things coming against you, against your family, against your finances, against your future? Begin to praise the Lord because he is going to give you the words that are so prophetic to begin to lift up to God. You know, and it's not a one-way thing that happens. You begin to praise the Lord. You begin to declare who he is, and God begins to amen it. God begins to say, yes, I am your healer. I am your strength. I am your exceeding great reward. And he speaks that over you. What weapon can possibly be formed against you now that I have said I am your exceeding great reward? I am your front guard and your rear guard. I encompass you with the fire and the glory of God. If I be for you, who can be against you? God has a retort. God says something too. God comes in his spirit by his power in response to your praise. Do you know, and it's very real, church, I feel like truths need to be pounded into the people of God because there's so much other junk that's being pounded into you. Let the preacher come and pound some truth into you. Amen? I know I need it pounded into me. When Paul and Silas were in, in prison, the Bible says at midnight, they begin to lift up their voices and sing hymns. And in their praise, an earthquake so powerful shook the foundations of that prison, so hard, all the prison doors flew open, and the Bible says the prisoners' chains fell off. I want you to know this is what praise does. Like I said before, don't just come and sing some songs because you have some chains that need to fall off this morning. Amen? 
And God is here to create an earthquake to shake off of us the stuff that needs to be shaken off. When those chains begin to fall off of you, praise is a powerful two-way interaction. You know, when you first begin to praise, sometimes your body's not into it. You haven't had enough coffee yet or whatever, you know, Starbucks. And your body's not into it that much. And, you know, and then they hit a perfect song, and, and, then, and then Danilo really hits the high note. And then the next thing you know, you're starting to get into it a little bit. you got to tell your body, sit down. I'm getting into this now. My spirit speaks to my flesh man and says, sit down. I'm about to get into this thing. And what started as just a simple song all of a sudden starts to take on into another realm where the prophetic starts to come out of you. You know, you start the words and God adds to them. You start the, the process of praise and the Holy Spirit begins to praise the Father God right through you. Nothing could be more powerful than that. You become a vessel of God's power speaking these truths into the heavens, over this region, over your family, over yourself. And it's mighty. Don't miss it. Don't think it's nothing. Don't think it's just the surface. It's mighty. And it's God. It's his provision for you to come in and let him touch you with his glory and his power and his healing. Can you say amen? And then prayer is the same thing. I, I, I believe that prayer is an offensive weapon. Again, I, I want to I say this on two different realms. One for yourself personally, but the other one is as an intercessor for this region. God needs a people that will pray to lift up the truth, to declare over this region what love is. What grace is, what mercy is. And we know, according to the word of God, mercy is new every morning. You don't know that until you start to declare it. And then all of a sudden, that prayer starts to be answered. Even in your heart as you're praying it, you get that revelation. God, you're for me, not against me. Prayer is a mighty, powerful weapon for you, for your household, for your marriage, Thy will be done. Thy will be done. I declare it. This is my prayer. Thy will be done on earth. On earth in my marriage. On earth with my kids. On earth in my job. Thy will be done in my job. But the boss is, forget the boss. Thy will be done in my job. In my finances. Well, you know, the economic specialists are saying now, forget them. Thy will be done in my finances. Prayer is a powerful weapon of war. And let me tell you something, church. If you haven't figured it out right now, we are in a war. You better pray. You better get together in the kingdom of God when the king is in the midst and say what God's given you to say over your family, over your life, and over this region. Prayer is a mighty weapon of war. We come together not to just play tiddlywinks, not to just hang out, not to just have a good time, feel good time. 
we come to accomplish some very serious, powerful things. And if poverty comes into our region and tries to take over our region, we got to stand up against it and say, no, 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 no. Thy will be done in the economy in this region. Let the church take its rightful place. You know, so many churches right now are okay with shutting down. I think we're going to open up in 2024. Because I heard the flu comes back, and then a cold comes back, and then another flu, and then another cold. We better not open until four or five years from now where we can be safe. You know, I'm kidding, right? But I blame the leadership, and then I blame the people that are okay with it. Yeah, you know what? I was getting sick of church anyway. That's because you don't understand what church is. You don't understand what it's supposed to be for you and for your family and for your, your region. Because of a lack of knowledge, we're destroyed. We don't understand what we have right at our fingertips to stand in the presence of God and begin to call on him for my family and for my city. Let the churches in, the, in these cities throughout the U.S. begin to rise up and declare over their cities, God is going to reign. The peace of God is going to reign. The goodness of God is going to reign. The glory of God is going to reign. But let the people of God, the prophets of God, you think there are no Davids right now? Look to your right or to your left. I'm telling you, that guy is a David. You think there are no Deborahs right now? Look to your right or to your left. I'm telling you, that girl is a Deborah. We're on. The Bible still continues. This is the U Testament. Amen. Theology 101 right there. I'll tell you, prayer is so powerful. I, I thank God for forgiveness. But I, I want deliverance. I want forgiveness, but I want deliverance. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. When I come into the house of the Lord, I don't just want to feel a little bit free. I want to have the act of deliverance come upon me and do its work. I ask God, forgive me my trespasses, but deliver me from evil. Deliver me, God. I'll tell you, there is, a, there is an action of deliverance that the power of the Holy Spirit visits on his people. That's why when you come here one way, you leave another but you have to understand something. It's not a one-time thing. It's an action, a faith action that God wants you to begin to understand. You know something? I need this more now than ever. We need this more now than ever. The church has got to realize who it is as the church. Paul says this to Timothy. If I'm delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God. That should be capital L, capital G. It's his name. He is the life. He's the living God. The, the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. When you come into God's presence, you come into the church of the living God and into the place where it's the pillar and foundation of truth. 
There's so much confusion in people's minds right now. Come into the place, the foundation and the pillar of truth. People are searching for truth right now. What's true? What's happening? What's going to happen? I'll tell you. Come to the place of truth. Because God, by, by the sword of his spirit, will cut through all of that confusion, all of that chaos, all of that junk, all of the deceptions. There are so many voices right now speaking. And so many of them are not the voice of God. So many of them are false. How will you know the difference? Come into the spirit of the Lord and let the truth, the pillar and foundation of truth be that place where all of a sudden you're in church and God begins to download to you. Here's what's happening. Here's what needs to happen with you. Here's where you need to understand this. You are not the old. You are the new. You're not walking that way with a little bit of a difference thing. You're completely brand new. I now walk through you. Man, I need that truth. I need that truth. Where am I going to find that truth? I pray it's in the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of truth. I pray you have it. I pray you demonstrate it. I pray you live it. This is how evangelism takes place because people see something on you that is so powerful. It's so right. It's so true. They see the glory of God on you, but they also see this, this conviction, this truth. And the world is searching for truth. In his presence, your mind gets cleansed. Your heart gets deliverance. Your spirit gets strengthened. Your eyes get opened. You know, in the Bible, where, where the Lord he opened blind eyes, it's really us. It's a spiritual truth. God, open my eyes today. Come on. When you hear a voice that says you're not going to make it, I hope the truth of God comes over you and you say, that cannot be the voice of God. He would never say that to me. Because God's voice says, don't quit. I'm with you. I'm right here. I'm holding your hand. That voice, that false declaration over your life is going somewhere with that. It's trying to drag you somewhere. You got to resist that. You got to resist it. You got to know that's not God's voice. No, my eyes are open. My hope is renewed, and my faith gets exercised. Church, every single one of those is a sermon. I tell you, we need faith. We need faith that won't move. We need faith that doesn't get, won't, won't, won't be battered to and fro with every wind of doctrine, with every false teaching, with everything that sounds something. We need to, we need to know, you know what? God is on the throne. He's for me. I'm a new creation. Somebody needs to hear this today because I didn't plan on saying it that many times. Somebody needs to hear that today. You better tell your neighbor, come on, you're a new creation. You don't even look the same. I want to close with this. And, and I've been talking about it a little bit, but finally the church, so powerful that we come together as the children of God into the kingdom of God with the king, the city of the living God the tower of, of, of God's strength here in this place. But 
we also are standing in the gap for this entire region. The church needs to stand in the gap. And we need to pray and praise over this, over this area. Let the church not be weak, not be a shell of its former self, but let it be powerful. When we stand together and we lift up our hands and begin to worship the Lord, I pray, let there be a pillar of God's fire that descends down from heaven. And, and the angels say, there's something powerful going on in Rhode Island. Let thousands upon thousands gather in joyful assembly with them. And see if release and freedom doesn't come. In Isaiah chapter 2, it says this, and some of you guys love this verse. It says this, in the last days, how many know we're living in the last days? The mountain of the Lord's temple will be established. The mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will not be weak. It will not be broken. It will not be a shell. It will not just be surface. It will be chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills and all nations will stream to it. And many people will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. People right now are searching. I think we could be on the cusp of the greatest revival to ever come. People right now are searching more than they ever have been. They want to know if it's the last days. I'm telling you something. It's not the last days. It's your best day. The Lord is visiting you. The whole thing is shaking. Use this as an opportunity to jump onto something solid. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.